You're hanging out with Chris Sonorato, Sean Bagnardi on the 104.5 The Team ESPN Radio Facebook page, man. Uh, we really appreciate the time. We have sports betting legal in New York State and in the Capital Region, so you're the perfect man to talk to today. <laughs> right up in uh, Schenectady, right? You got it. Man. Yeah. You got it. Rivers Casino. I'll be, at, I'll be at Saratoga on Sunday. There we go. Nice. Okay. Awesome. Well, let's connect after we do the segment here. Let's find a way to meet up on Absolutely. Sunday because we'll be in Saratoga as well. Um, Steve, first of all, uh, congratulations on, on all the success of SportsCenter with Scott Van Pelt, man. That thing is the best thing on TV. And I'm not even just saying that my fiance, who's behind the camera here, will agree that every night I'm like, we got to watch SportsCenter with Scott Van Pelt. You guys have turned SportsCenter into something different, but something incredibly successful. How is that possible? Well, uh, it has to go back to Scott. Um, during the radio show, uh, way back when, you know, when, when there were whispers about this show being a personalized sports center for Scott, he said, you know, I want you to come with me and what we're going to do. And what he said we we're going to do was where in the world was was bad beats. Um, you know, all these types of things. The Oh No segment with, with Michael Kay's voice on there. He said we were going to do those things and it's, it's a tribute to him. I mean, he had a plan, and he had certain requests of what he wanted to do, and, and, and he he made it happen. It's, it's all him. Uh, we've got a bunch of NFL college football stuff we want to do with you here, over-unders, win totals, um, odds to win the Super Bowl, that type of stuff. But I'm curious, as we call you Stanford Steve, and all of America knows you as Stanford Steve, who in your life actually calls you by your birth name? How many of those um, people are left? <laughs> my sister, <laughs> uh, my wife, um, and my in-laws. That's basically it. Yeah, it's 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 pretty unbelievable the way the nickname is taken off. And for the people who don't know, obviously Steve played football at Stanford. So right. there you get Stanford Steve. Sure. I wanted to ask you, Steve. We so Chris and I work on the TV side as well. I produce our, our newscast over at the TV station. Chris does the sports there. So I was curious as to kind of how much and what goes into putting together a sports center every night. You know, how many people are involved? Your specific role. Uh, you know, how much you work with Scott on what goes into the show and sort of how everything comes together. Well. It started off with, uh, and we still do it, uh, you know, to this day, we're on at midnight Eastern. Um, the first thing that happens is, is we have a 5.30 meeting, and that's staff. That's everybody from screening, all the people that are cutting the highlights. That's all our technical operators. That's our associate director, our director, the producer, associate producer, everybody um, is, is in that 5.30 meeting. Um, I'm in charge of the guests, so I book all the guests. If I got to get Scott in earlier for a taping, that's not always a fun conversation, but I have to do it. That's part of what I have to get done. So, um, you know, I mean, it's not, it's, not the, it's not the best time slot to get A-list guests, um, unless, you know, we're fortunate to, to get somebody after a game or something. But, um, you know, I try and, you know, I'm, I'm looking, you know, Scott's coming back next week for a week. So I'm trying to get forward, you know, looking at the NFL and, and college football stuff like that. But everything goes into that 530 meeting. Everybody breaks for dinner. And then, you know, 7 o'clock usually is when all the games start. So there's, you know, we have a group of about 10 people that stay in our room and watch game. We got 10 TVs in our room. And then we're constantly communicate, uh, communicating over with the screening department just to like, hey, you know, this just happened in the Mets game. This just happened in the Yankees game. Do we get that? Do we get that? 
Yeah, obviously, everybody's always wondering how we're going to start the show. The best thing I saw, usually yep. Scott has something that happened earlier in the day, but that's that's usually the thing that everybody has their eyes out for that wants to contribute to, to kick off and jumpstart a good show. So if you're cool. listening between the lines there, this isn't a job that starts at 5.30 in the afternoon, right? And Steve's talking about booking guests already ahead for next week, and Steve is somebody who books guests radio side that is a job within itself. And, and you're someone with a lot more pull than I am, but uh, I can tell just in the way you're describing it how difficult that can be. You had our boy on uh, after he traded jerseys with Dwayne Wade, Kevin Herters from the Capital Region. Of course, I'm sure Scott pressured you into getting one of the Maryland dudes on. Well, that's the red. I mean, I, did he take the Red Mama name from you? No, he didn't, man. You know what? I, honestly, Steve, I'm pushing him on Red Velvet. I like Red Velvet better. Cause Kobe was yeah. Kobe was the Black Mamba. Like, let's not do that again. Red Velvet is smooth, but he, and Kevin says, yeah, but it's soft. I said, yeah, but you can get Red Velvet cookies. Those are hard and crunchy. You can still be tough. That's where you're going. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so I'm selling Red Velvet. Yeah. No. He, he's not buying it. No. All right, but Steve. So I just want to ask you a little bit more too about SportsCenter. Then so. Content-wise, is it is it really everybody? Then, like you, you know, it's it's obviously a team effort. But you know, you see something you want in the show, and then you bounce it off a producer or two, and then Scott. You know, who kind of generates really the content of who decides? All right, we're doing this in the show, and then and then we're doing it in this order. You know, and kind of formatting everything. Well, ultimately, ultimately, it's all Scott. It's it's Scott's call. He usually has one big thing. And that's written, you know, most of the time before he comes in. So, you know, our director can get started on, on um, fonts and pictures and images for that to make it look as good as it always does. But Scott, is it's, his name's on the show, and, and whatever the final line is, 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 up, to the, is up to the host. And that's, uh, that was set in stone as soon as we started this show, you know. And, but he's very, very receptive. To, to everybody's ideas, and especially the younger generation. As he and I get older, it's <laughs> it's tough to, 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 to realize what the younger folks like on social media mm. and what is, you know, not trending, but like what everybody seems to be talking about that, uh, that absolutely is kind of contributed by, by the younger people on the staff. That, that's why I think it's, it's key to, to have younger people like that on the show staff that have, have come in, and it's really tough to keep camaraderie and stuff like that as people get promoted there. You're obviously an essential piece of bad beats. What is your favorite segment, though, on the on that sports center you guys do? Oh, um, I would have to say bad beats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll be biased. Um, it's just because it's absolutely what we want it to be. We pride ourselves as being big time game watchers, you know, and. When it comes down to that, I, I always get worried about people that are treetopping and just checking out the highlights they see on Twitter or on Instagram. You know, we we cut the highlights for bad beats the way we want them. What's essential? How many missed free throws were a part of that bad beat? We need to see that, and you know, you know that gets incorporated in our fonting and our graphics people. But it's it's all us. We made it, and we continue to to make it better and, and listen to people, but that's that's ours, and, and, and it just feels like it's it's what, I mean, I go on the road, I travel for vacation, all everybody wants to do is talk about bad beats, so I would have to say it's a favorite. 
I love it. Okay. Uh, we're in the heart of the Saratoga season, as you know, and, uh, and we'll try to catch up with you on Sunday. It's Whitney weekend, Whitney Day on Saturday, and we're getting ever closer to the Travers here. Uh, you've got the podcast, and actually, it's just kind of convenient. The new season launches a week from today, right? The Stanford Steve and the Bear podcast. Yes, August 7th, we, we will be releasing our season win totals that were very successful, very successful last year. I believe I went 7-1, and one, but I'm trying to tell the people it's not always as good you know, the second time around, we're, you know, <laughs> it, we are human. We're not, you know, we're not robots, you know, spin out old fleek as sometimes is, but I, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm still doing my research. So yes, uh, Wednesday, August 7th will be our, our season win total, uh, season first season preview podcast as we get this thing rolling. Listen, dude, you aren't alone. There are very few sequels that live up to the original. That's true. Very few. Except the Godfather. The Godfather. Yeah, was, for yeah. sure. Yeah, that was good. Um, can you can we finally get him on do your it, on your Jets thing here? Okay, let's just Go, do it please, right away. Please. So, Steve, part of the show, Sean and I are going to pop down to Rivers Casino uh, next week, go into the sports book, and make our first legal bet in New York State. <laughs> right. Have you been to Vegas, Sean? No. Okay, no. so I've been to Vegas and I've done it that way, but I'm going to make my first legal bet in New York State, and this is my bet, Steve. You tell me if it's just lost money or it's got something of a shot. I'm going to bet the New York Jets to win the AFC East. <laughs> no. <laughs> Thank you. I've been trying to tell him. Get in your car. Whatever money you're going to throw on, get in your car. <laughs> driving home, just throwing out the window. Thank you. Somebody can pick it up and make a worthwhile uh, <clears throat> uh, wager or even a purchase or a candy bar or something, whatever. I don't know how much you're going to throw on that. But that feels like a lost cause, man. Here's what, here's my rationale. I'll give you my rationale on this, all right? Yeah. The odds aren't awful. I think they're six to one, six to one to win the AFC East. And if anybody's going to do it, it would be them. Isn't New England coming back a little <clears> bit? <throat> Isn't there great promise with the Jets, all the additions they made in the offseason? You know about Brady and Belichick. I've heard but of they're them. still there, they're yeah. still doing their thing. And I'm not even a Jets fan, but I'm just taking a flyer here. All right. A flyer, I get it, but are you, you're a Jets fan, correct? No, no, no. I'm, I'm actually a Packers fan. Oh, okay. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, if you're going to take a flyer, I would just, you know, what's their season win total? Would you rather throw on that? Um, it just feels like you're, you're, you're betting against the worst two guys ever to bet against in yeah. sports. Yeah. And uh, to make your first legal wager <laughs> in the state, I, I would look to go other ways. That's all. All right, we'll, we'll, I'll get a better pick from Steve as we go here. Yeah. Um, uh, the Patriots are the favorites to win the Super Bowl, Steve, and I know college football may be more the wheelhouse, and, and we do want to get to that too. New England's the favorites. If you aren't picking the favorite and the Patriots to win the Super Bowl next year, is there value elsewhere? And I'll throw a few at you. Chiefs are 8-1. to one. Saints are just behind them. The Rams are 9-1. to one. Uh, right, we're not picking the Browns. Somebody's all in on them, right? But how about Philadelphia, sixteen to one? Seattle, thirty to one? Is there a team that isn't New England that you feel confident? Yeah, I'd lay money on them. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't like. I mean, when I, when you talk futures, I don't ever touch the favorites. Um, you know, obviously in college basketball, Duke was the hot one this past year with Zion and all that hype train. Yeah, that's not, I, no, no, nothing against those people. If they find value in that and they want to do that, more power to them. But I always look down the radar. Now, college football is a totally different animal. We'll talk about that, how 
there's Alabama and Clemson, and, there, and there's everybody else after that. In the NFL, I always look at, you know, your quarterback. you got to look at the schedule. And, you know, there's there's different things. You know, how many games, you know, time zones. I, I saw the Raiders' schedule. is oh. absolutely oh. brutal here. Uh, they're crisscrossing, you know, the country like crazy, like an airline's. But I, I look at the Eagles. Um, Wentz, I, it just feels like is is like if he if he can't stay healthy this year, is he ever going to do it? And they seem to have everything around them. Uh, the division seems pretty in flux, but it always seems like the toughest division to predict it in the sport. So if you look at team down the list, I, I, I would take a flyer on the Eagles. Okay, now just Interesting. just for a point of clarification here. Your PR person, Molly, isn't standing nearby with a gun to your head, is she? No, no, no. no. All right. She, yeah. All right. But, uh, no, I, I, just, I, I look at what the Eagles have. I, I, I've seen what they've done. Uh, you know, a lot of other guys on that roster without Wentz, and obviously when they went and won the Super Bowl. But um, oh, I, if, if I was going to be a homer, I would say the Colts with Andrew Luck, but that's, you know, that's my favorite guy in the world. But I, I can't go that way because I always feel like I'm going to jinx him. So I never – Never put money or wager or um, do any of that stuff on, on my favorite people. Molly's good to us in Albany. That's how I know she's an Eagles fan. Steve, what is your favorite kind of bet to place in sports? Is is it a futures bet? Is it an over-under? Is it a silly prop bet? What do you just love betting? It, it's funny. Ben Fell gets mad at me all the time because, like, we're going to come back next week and we're going to talk NFL season win totals. And he's just, you know, let's just say he's a he's a higher volume. Uh, uh, he's gonna have a little more on his wagers than I'm gonna have. <laughs> sure. If he goes to the casino, he's not sitting at the twenty five dollar blackjack. Sure. I we'll just we'll just start there. But he he gets mad at me because I like I like uh, even baseball season win totals. NBA they just released some numbers there. Yeah. I like that stuff because. You know, you, you have time to, to, to go around it, you know. And, and he gets mad because you, why would you want to tie that much money up in, in such a long bet? And I, I just think it's fun. It's, it's something to keep an eye on. And for me, it helps me with day-to-day stuff that, you know, hey, did the Orioles win last night? You know, hey, what, you know how many in a row have the Indians won? Mm. I just think that those season win totals I, I like a lot because – the guys out that are making the numbers are it, it proves how good they are also. And I think there's you gotta try finding this. I'm not laying hundreds of thousands of dollars on these kind of things. You know, we call the guy a couple guys out in Vegas, they call it pizza money. And you're throwing pizza money on say four or five teams a year, and that's that's to me the fun in gambling is to try and prognosticate, you know, and see how much you know because you know, I, like right now I'm doing all my college football uh, you know, season uh, preview reading. And you're just trying, you're formulating a thought process, you know, when you're looking at rosters and schedules and coaches and returning quarterbacks and freshman quarterbacks that makes you feel like you have a good sense of what's going on. So that's that's the favorite way I, I like to project when you're talking about sports game. And Steve, I would add this to us real quick on top of that. I'm, I'm at even a lower volume than, than you guys. So if I can throw like... 50 bucks down, I get a season's worth of entertainment. Right. You right. know, instead yeah. of one night. <laughs> and uh, you'll notice me, I scour, like, college football. I'm looking for, I love the lowest win total. You know, obviously, Kansas, everybody's talking about yeah. Les Miles, as, you know, their number's three. Like, those are the ones I like because you don't need a lot to get there. 
and you have a whole season to do it. <laughs> and most likely, if the schedule, you can see it, you're, you know you got a loss early in the season. So um, it's, it's easy to get away from when you, when you are wrong in those regards. What's maybe not the worst beat, but what's the worst bet you've ever made? It, you don't have to say how much money you lost, <laughs> but the one where like, you just got killed on it. It might be the Orioles over this year. Ooh, oh, really. boy. I'm not giving up hope. 50 and a half. I think they won their 31st game yesterday. Yeah. Okay. So, um, it's, it, it hasn't looked great. Let's just say that in, the, uh, in, this, in this season. But recency bias, it, it would have to be the Orioles. I just wanted the best for the guys. Everybody just talks. So, and, you know, it's one of those low numbers. You know, they even started off hot where I thought I was going to be all right. But, um. The losses pile upon losses, and uh, here we are uh, begging they can win uh, 20-something more games. There's time to get hot. <laughs> yeah, two months left. There's time to get hot. Yeah. Yeah, the problem is the division. they got three playoff yeah. teams. Yeah. There. Yeah. Shawnee's banking on his Mets getting in still, too. So I'm holding out hope. Yeah. I, hey, this is the stretch. they got to do it out. they got to do it now. Yeah. All right, Steve, how about some over-unders, man, quickly in the NFL here. Uh, New England, again, no surprise, at the top, 11 and a half. It's a big number. They might have been at 12 last year, though, if my memory is serving at this point. Chiefs one game behind them. And then a team you mentioned, the Colts, and I was even surprised at their Super Bowl odds going into the year, but their over-under is 10 flat. I hate a flat number. Is 10. Yep. You get the Rams, Chargers, and Eagles along with them. Is there an over-under NFL total that you've seen that you like where you're not going to give away too much from next week's podcast? Oh, no. Uh, uh, give me Houston. I, I like the Texans. I like Deshaun Watson. What are they, like eight and a half? Exactly. Yep. Yep. Uh, I, I, I'm all in on the Texans this year. Uh, I love the talent they have on defense. I love the weapons and the toys that Watson has to play on offense. They drafted well on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they'll shore it up. I'm a Bill O'Brien guy. I, I really like the guy. Um, I just feel like they've, they've been nixed by some tough injuries um, in, in key spots when they had things rolling. Um, you know, they started off 0-3 last year, made the playoffs. So you know they have that. They faced resiliency and, they, and you know, adversity, and they responded. So um, I think I think Watson's uh, sitting on a really, really big year this year. <clears throat> All right, going off of that, just because it's the same division, I picked the Texans from the Super Bowl last year. It didn't work. Mm. Um, Jacksonville, 7.5 surprised me. I thought, I thought, man, they'll like I would hammer that over. But if Indy's going to win ten or more, and you're telling me Houston's going to win nine or more, are there enough games in there for Jacksonville to get to eight? I, I worry about that locker room. I, I still feel like Jalen Ramsey is is this kind of you know I'm not sure how much his teammates are all in now. They got rid of Bortles. They cleaned house. They brought Foles in who's, you know, I've never heard a bad word from anybody that, that's on the team, uh, Nick Foles. So uh, that, that, that just feels like a stay away from me. Uh, I, I, I picked last year, we do a 10 predictions before the season on our show unit. And last year I picked that that division would accumulate the most wins of any division in the league, and it ended up being right. Mm. So with that, I think the balance of that division is as strong as any other division. So the seven and a half, I mean, somebody's got to come in last place, you know. And um, I, I just don't know if Jacksonville has – that one year they had seems like, a, a, a you know, an anomaly, you know. It, it just it, – it feels like, you know, they haven't been the same since then. So I, I, I would stay away from that Jacksonville. 
All right, despite, you know, Nostradamus over here predicting the Jets to win the division, they're also at seven and a half. Do you like their chances to get over that better than Jacksonville? Uh, I, there seems just, just so much unknown uh, with the Jets to me. I, you know, you, the ego's involved, the new coach, and I love Sam Darnold. I, I think the world of the kid. Um, but I just don't think he's in control of things, and he, he just he doesn't have that that leadership, that vocal thing where he's just more of a go do it by example. So I, that that number seems high. I know the division. I know I know what you guys are saying with, with, with the chance to win the division, but I think Buffalo's better, and I think Miami is not going to be as bad as other people think they are. So I that that seems like a tough number to me. Okay, well there here's your league low. And you just hit them. It's Miami, four and a half. We going above that? Yes. Okay. I, 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 of all, usually all the low numbers, I'm, I'm going to go over on just because I think it's they've 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 started with all the teams that are at the top, and then they you know they've just had to try and find a number for these low teams. What are the Giants at? Because that one seems like it can't get any lower. I, I was just going to say uh, I was at Giants camp. Yesterday, they're in the. They are seven and a half as well. No chance. Yeah, they're running out of players. Yeah, no receivers left. Where at ESPN are wondering if Victor Cruz is going to leave his job to go back and play wide receiver. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the the receiving room was uh, unfamiliar to me in a lot of ways yesterday when I was there. All right, so obviously the main the main player there, OBJ, who they lost. So now looking at the teams at nine. Browns, Cowboys, Packers, and Bears. Which of those teams do you give the best chance at going over the nine? Browns, Cowboys, Packers, Bears. Browns, Cowboys, Packers. I would say the Bears just oh. because of that team. I know, I, I know they lost Fangio, um, but it's the same to me. The Packers, a lot of unknown, new coach, that ego of Rodgers. I know he's the best in the league, but it feels like that got in the way a lot of times in these past seasons. Um but the Browns, I, I, uh, we, uh, I forgot who it was, just released um, yes, no to make the playoff bets out in Vegas. And I, like, I looked at the Browns. It wasn't that expensive. I think they're a playoff team. I kind of like their roster before this offseason, and they only improve things. And Kitchens and, and Mayfield really got it going in the second half of last year. I mean, they are dangerous on offense. The league has turned into a wide receiver league. And they have as good of a tandem as anybody in the league, if not better than, than all the teams. So I know they got a lot of hype. I, I've never seen this much talk about the Browns going into a season. But I think they have the goods to do it. And I, Because I, 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 Pittsburgh still has a lot of unknown. I know Roethlisberger's getting a lot of talk because he lost Brown and, and Le'Veon. Um, but I, I just I like the offense. And it, it's an offensive league now. And I like what the Browns have. If you're just jumping on the 104.5 The Team ESPN Radio Facebook page, we've got Stanford Steve with us from ESPN Sports Center with Scott Van Pelt, a major cog in that operation. And he's got the podcast, Stanford Steve and the Bear Podcast. New season debuts a week from today. A lot of college football, obviously. Anybody who watches um, on a Saturday morning, they see Chris Felica, the Bear, on set with all the guys. Um, Bama, Clemson, everybody else. I know you already said that here in this segment and so I started to look at some of the other numbers of of teams that maybe if you put a little bit down on them it it might be a realistic shot. Uh, Bam and Clemson are both 
both plus 225. The next yeah. team after that is Ohio State, plus 950. They've obviously got the quarterback transfer coming in. How quickly do the Buckeyes get things rolling? And they are, are they a realistic shot? Oh, I, I think they're definitely a realistic shot. Um, when you look at Ohio State and when you look at these other teams that are not named Clemson and Alabama, you have to first look at the talent they have. And Ohio State definitely checks the box for talent. They have it all. You, you mentioned Fields coming in. I like Ryan Day. I think Ohio State, I mean, take out the Michigan game because they would have beat anybody in the country that day. Um, but what, what Ryan Day had Ohio State playing their best ball last year at the beginning mm-hmm. of the season. They, 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 they just kind of hit a tailspin. And I'm not, I'm not blaming Urban Meyer for that. But Ohio State is, I, I see some value there. Now, the schedule, they avoid that big out-of-conference game, which they had the last couple of years against TCU in the game they lost to Baker Mayfield a couple of years ago at home. Um, but when you look at the conference schedule, yes, they got to go to Michigan. I think they play Ohio State or Penn State the week before. But I think the talent is there. I, I like Ohio State to, to repeat as, as Big Ten champs. Um, so, yeah, I mean, when you're looking, I mean, when you when you when I look at this right now, and I'm still looking at it with Alabama and Clemson. It can't be this easy. I, I, I know the numbers say, you know, when you look at the top five or six uh, teams preseason to win it all, usually the champion comes from that. I get it, but there's also going to be four teams that have to make the playoff. Now everyone's obviously putting in Penn. It feels like with Alabama and Clemson, which I get, but I'm looking outside the box. I want to try and find some value. Um, you know, with some numbers. So, you know, I look at a team like Utah who, you know, has a favorable schedule. They they made it to the conference championship game last year, and they have the quarterback coming back, and I love their head coach, Kyle Whittingham. So, like, that's a team, like, off the radar you might want to look at to, to make the playoff and, and, and try and make some money, you know, uh, you know, from a value standpoint. Do you find yourself in various rooms having to defend the Pac-12? Every single day of my life. Yes. <laughs> Which, um, I mean, it isn't, it isn't that bad. It isn't that bad. It's, it, it's a lot of things. Um, the, the, it feels like the talent at the right time has gotten rated, um, you know, from, from outside conferences. And, you know, now you got Texas. And you just look at the schools. Look at the big Power 5 schools. They all have a recruiter in California. Mm-hmm. So right there. It just feels like, you know, and now you got Georgia and Alabama and Clemson going out and getting the top five guys in the last three classes. So that doesn't help things at all. Um, but I think the talent is there. Now, yes, they got to do better in, in these out-of-conference games. Oregon, Auburn, whether Oregon likes it, they got a ton of pressure on them week one because that's going to set the talking points for, for the next couple weeks of the season and, and from a natural perception. Now, not, no one's staying up besides me a lot of times watching these games on the Pac-12 network. Um, but I can't do anything about that because, obviously, in, in, in the world we live in, you know, what's relevant, the Pac-12 has not been relevant. But if they win a couple of these out-of-conference games early on, um, I, I, I feel good about things. And then they, the other problem I have is when the Pac-12 teams lose on the road, they, they always get bashed for it. But when – you know, packs or SEC teams lose on the road. You're like, oh, they just have the road. The home field advantage is so much stronger in the SEC. So that that really bothers me. Now I know students don't go to games anymore, really, but um, we're we're working on that out west. 
I get home on a Saturday night at twelve thirty, so I'm I'm well aware of Pac twelve after dark on ESPN. Yeah, so a lot of Herm Edwards last yeah. year. Love that guy. Just curious, Steve, would you like to see the college football playoff expanded, or do you like it right where it is now? But I like it right where it is. Okay. I like I like the idea that there the, the puzzle doesn't fit. You know, we have five Power Five conferences. Mm. We have you know the others, and we only have four spots. So I like the idea of the committee. Um, and I, at, at sooner or later, one of these two lost teams is going to get in. And I just think I, 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 lo- I lose, um, I get mad at the, the idea of Miami two years ago. You know, they're undefeated and all team wants to do, or, you know, uh, analysts and, and talking heads just wanted to bury the team. What else do you want them to do? They're one, they've won every single game they've played uh, up until a certain point. Put them higher than the teams that have, that have a loss. And then when they lose, you drop them. As simple as that. So the way we are going about things, I'm not sure I like as much, but I do like the idea of four teams. Is there a petition going around to not allow Notre Dame back in the playoff? (laughs) Is that happening? One of the talking points I've written down for next week's podcast with Palika is, who has a worse image right now, Notre Dame or the Pac-12? Seriously, when we start, when we get down, think about that. When you're gonna, if say Notre Dame's undefeated and Washington's undefeated late in the year, Ooh. like that's gonna be, and you know you're gonna have say Georgia with one loss or Clemson with one loss or or who else, Texas with one loss, that's gonna be a really really interesting conversation because I will guarantee you, the people that are talking about it have not watched every one of the of, of Washington's games if they're undefeated there, but I think Notre Dame does have some work to do. But I think they're going to be all right. I, I, I like Book, the quarterback, a lot. I think the schedule matches up pretty well. I know they got to go to Georgia, and I know they got to go to Michigan. But, you know, you got at some point you got to play those games, so you might as well find out early on. So they'll find out in Athens in September uh, what they have for sure. See, that's why I kind of think maybe expand it just a little bit so that, you know, none of those – you can decide it on the field, right? Yeah. You don't necessarily have those question marks or leave it up to somebody else to kind of decide, right? I got roasted on the radio last year, Steve, <laughs> because I said, we don't need four in the college football playoff. We only need two. Ah, it's on. been Clemson and Alabama. The BCS would have figured this thing out the last few years. Well, the BCS, if you go back and look at it, they've been pretty, if we still had it, they've been pretty dead on. Um, yeah. So, But I, I, no, I like the idea of and I, I think everybody feels like they do have a shot. And I mean, let's face it, you, you know, you know, unless you're Notre Dame, but you feel like you got to win your conference. It starts right there. And you, it, that, how do you do that? You win as many games as possible to get yourself in the discussion. So I, I, I think eventually when, when these um, league commissioners, you know, get old enough and can retire and we get some new blood, I, I think you'll see it go to eight. But I'm perfectly fine with that four right now. All right, we're going to let you go, but first I'm going to ask you to educate us a little bit as we are now new in the area to legal sports betting. Uh, Can you tell me what juice means when we're talking about betting? Juice. Uh, Juice is going to be a lot of times what people love to do is when they bet favorites. You, uh, you know, everything, you know, people up there are going to see these minus 145, minus 200, minus 250. Those are the numbers you have to lay in order to win $100. So it's a good way because my one rule of gambling always, you know, with local bookies, whatever, if you had one, was don't bet money you don't have because that's when you really get into trouble. (laughs) Um, Go to the casino, you can't do that because 
you have to put the money up front. Same thing if you're going to play these season win totals. You have to pay that money up front to win your $100 in the end, or if you're wagering more, you just double it. So the juice is is you're, what you're going to find when you like to bet favorites that you have to pay more to win your $100. Okay. Uh, are, you a, are you a fan of teasers? I love teasers. Love teasers, but teasers will get you in trouble. <laughs> um, now, I'm not going to tell you to get all technical about the, the numbers that you should and should not tease across, but um, I always say if you like two or three underdogs, take them and then throw them in a teaser also. What I mean, you'll, you'll block anyway, so go ahead, go for it. Teaser, you can move the points around a little bit. It's obviously it's a part of a parlay, but yeah, teaser. All right, so we're, we're better educated now. Steve, I'm going to take a picture of my $20 bet on the Jets to win the division. I'll send it to you just so you can laugh at it for real, all right? Yeah. There you go. Then you can flush it down the Stay toilet. Stay strong. <laughs> Steve, we really appreciate the time, man. We'll be looking for you guys uh, next week back from a little vacay. Who are we repping today? Are the Yale Bulldogs? What do you got? Oh, Butler, yeah. The old Butler Bull. Love it, man. That's good stuff. Awesome. TV, uh, T-shirts on TV, man. You're pulling it off. Thank you for setting the bar there (laughs) because I'm hoping we can make that happen even the local news scene. Steve, thank you, man. We really appreciate the time here in Albany. You guys got it. Thank you. Stanford Steve. Check him out on Twitter. Check out the podcast, uh, Stanford Steve and the Bear podcast, coming at you the first episode of the new season next week.